Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. About a week ago, Forum received an email from seventh grader Camille Chu. When she was a toddler, her father died of cancer related to hepatitis B, which strikes hard at Asian Pacific Islander and Black American communities. Camille suggested we cover a new law signed earlier this month by Governor Newsom that makes California the first state in the nation to require hospitals and health facilities to offer screenings for hepatitis B and C. And Camille Chu joins me now. Welcome to Forum. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Really glad to have you. And I know that you and your family have been part of this movement to get Assembly Bill 789, which requires healthcare settings to offer hep B and C tests, that, that you've been working hard to get this passed. What was your reaction when you learned it was signed into law? Camille? Yeah, I was very happy. Um, And with my past experiences lobbying for this bill, I was just so happy that uh, I could be a part of this and advocate for this bill. And being working with the Asian Liver Center and Dr. So um, after my father died and sharing my personal story was help was very meaningful to me. Yeah, I can imagine it was. And you mentioned your dad, Dan Chu. He died in 2013 when you were three years old. And I understand he was 40 years old. Can you tell us what happened to him? Yeah, my father died of liver cancer due to HPV when I was three and he was 40. For most of his life, he did not know that he had HPV because he had no symptoms. And it wasn't until he was 37 years old, he started to have severe stomach pain. And he went to eight different doctors in the Bay Area, but not one of them thought to test him for HPV. And these included primary care doctors and GA doctors. And because he was so young and healthy looking, some told him that his stomach pain was due to an ulcer or stress. And even when he found out that he had some form of cancer, even the oncologists and surgeons did not get him tested for HPV. Hmm. And so this is why AB 79 is a life-saving law. And if this law had been in place, my father would have been diagnosed earlier and treated earlier. And this definitely would have changed his life. And I want to say that although HPV can be a deadly disease, it does not have to be if it's caught in time. And that's why this new law is so important. 
So you believe that it really would have changed the fate of your dad, huh? Yes, definitely. Well, I want to bring Dr. Samuel So into the conversation, professor of surgery and executive director of the Asian Liver Center at Stanford University School of Medicine, who Camille Chu was talking about. Dr. So, really glad to have you on. Hi, Mina. It's nice to talk to you again. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. And uh, one of the things that uh, we know is that hepatitis B and C, they have a relatively low cost test and effective treatments out there. But many people still die of chronic infection. Why is that, Dr. So? And how many people are we talking about on an annual basis? Actually, you know, first of all, I'd like to thank you for bringing, uh, you know, let the uh, listener know, listeners know about this new law, which potentially could save tens of thousands of lives and also save California potentially, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars for you know, treatment with liver for, with liver transplant and liver cancer treatments, uh, because all these most of these uh, you know deaths and complications from hepatitis B and C could be prevented. Um, in California, we estimate there are about six hundred thousand people living with uh, chronic hepatitis B or C, and according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention they estimate only about one third of those living with hepatitis B are aware of their infection. And even for those who are diagnosed with chronic hepatitis B, only one third are connected to treatment. And for hepatitis C, the CDC also estimate that only 60% of them know they have hepatitis C and only 45% of them are connected to treatment. And so, and in also this is a, a major sort of a health inequity and disparity uh, affecting uh, people of color living in California. Uh, Asians are eight times and black are two times, two and a half times more likely to die from hepatitis B. And uh, black uh, Americans are uh, two and a half times, and American Indians are uh, like uh, two uh, and a half times, and uh, Latino Americans are one and a half times more likely to die from hepatitis C than um, non-Latino white Americans. And you mentioned that the symptoms there are really no symptoms. And then when you do start to have them, it sounds like it is pretty much too late. Yeah, yes, that's the case. I think, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, uh, Camille's father's uh, doctor, but, you know, usually by the time you have abdominal pain from liver cancer is, is usually very advanced disease. So most people, you know, in the country living with hepatitis B and C have no symptoms. And that's why in the past, the doctors don't screen them. But this law will require all clinics and you know, doctor's offices, which care for adults, they are required to offer a one-time hepatitis B and C screening tests. And the other component of this law is to address the other gap, the other gap that you know, people diagnosed were not connected to treatment. So the, the other portion of this law will require doctors 
to refer those uh, or treat those who tested positive uh, for, for with antiviral treatment uh, and monitoring according to the na- national practice guidelines. Well, listeners, if you or someone you know lives with chronic hepatitis B or you have questions about it, give us a call, 866-733-6786. Again, 866-733-6786. You can also ask us your questions about the passage of this law. You can email us, forum at kqed.org, or get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum. And I understand on the line now we have Eileen Casanave, president of the California Association of Black Lawyers. Eileen, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Why? Um, yeah, go right ahead. I, well, you know, part of the the California Association of Black Lawyers were six thousand attorneys and judges and legal professionals, and our goal is to ensure that racial inequities are confronted um, by and and we're driving transformational change through the supportive legislation that impacts African Americans in California. Um, this was brought to us by um, by Assemblyman uh, Gibson, and our thought is that you know if we can do anything to save the life of an individual, and especially those that are um, often you know whether the treatment is disparate or whether the result of treatment is disparate, uh, meaning that the testing versus the actual care associated with that testing. Um, impacts African Americans disproportionately. We want to address that. So this uh, this bill AB seven eight nine was one of the measures that we looked at with respect to addressing uh, racial inequity in healthcare. And like we said, you know, three times higher in the black community that there's a Hep C uh, instance. And we don't even know what that means with respect to whether or not those individuals actually uh, were notified were tested, received the care that they deserved, and um, whether or not it impacted them, impacted their life. Do you have a sense as to why the prevalence is so much higher among Black Americans, in addition to the fact that clearly what this law is trying to address is that they are not offered access to the testing? Are there other factors you think at play? Absolutely. I think, you know, there, there, there has been um, investigation upon investigation about the inability of African-Americans, uh, neonatal care, uh, other situations where there, there's just a, a desperate treatment where you go in and, you know, the, the often, oftentimes the, the symptoms are masked maybe by diabetes, by some other um, uh, uh, medical ailment that the person is suffering. And then also, again, this is one that, you know, the, the community may not be aware that it's as prevalent in the African-American uh, lineage as it, as it is. And so, you know, we can look at, um, we can look at historical inequities as a reason. We can look at, uh, you know, lack of knowledge about hep C and hep B. Um, but at least in this instance, we'll now be able to say, you know, instead of the patient determining that they're getting the best help, the the uh, the medical professionals will be required to look at this. So it's great when we can look at a situation and say, just by virtue of the fact that the numbers are higher in our area, we need additional legislation to in, to you know correct this in, inadequacy. inadequacy. Yes. And uh, Camille Chu, when you're hearing Eileen talk about this, and and in fact, we now do have this legislation, what what would you like to share about your experience of getting involved in this and, and what you learned about what it takes 
um, to make a law in California. Were, were you listening in on the meetings and things like that, Camille? Yeah, so my brothers and I all really enjoy and appreciate all uh, these speaking events. And um, we were able to lobby in Sacramento um, earlier. And we hope that by sharing our personal story that um, this will motivate people to get tested for HIV. And so this was a really amazing experience for me to see AB 789 make its way through uh, the state assembly and Senate unanimous, unanimously, and then get signed into law by Newsom. Yeah, so you zoomed into a lot of different hearings. Has this made you think about the kind of work that you would like to do as a job in the future? Yes, I'm definitely interested. <laughs> Camille Chu is a seventh grader from Palo Alto, California, and an advocate for AB 789, which was signed into law earlier this month by Governor Gavin Newsom. We're also joined by Eileen Cassanay, president of the California Association of Black Lawyers and a supporter of AB 789 as well. And Samuel So is with us, a professor of surgery and executive director of the Asian Liver Center at Stanford University School of Medicine. And you are listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Dr. So, can you tell us what is the treatment for hepatitis B? How do you treat chronic hep B? Dr. So, are you there? Okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no worries. Not everybody with hepatitis B needs treatment, but if they have any evidence of liver inflammation or if they already develop uh, scarring of the liver with cirrhosis, the treatment is very simple. It's just a pill a day. And now the treatment cost is, is as, as low as like a dollar a day for a pill. You know? so, so it's very uh, sort of uh, simple to treat. And, uh, and, but the treatment like HIV treatment is likely lifelong. But hepatitis C treatment is very exciting because now we have drugs which can cure hepatitis C. So all it takes is a pill a day to, to, for, for two to three months, and it would cure 90, over 95% of people with hepatitis C. And that means that they would not develop uh, liver cancer. They wouldn't develop liver failure, needing a liver transplant. Can you actually talk about the differences in symptoms for hepatitis C so that people can be aware? that they may need to go in for treatment and management? So, so once again, hepatitis, most people with hepatitis, uh, hepatitis B and C don't know they are infected because so they have C no symptoms. So C is also very yeah. asymptomatic, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So most of them don't know, and that's why we need this uh, law to make it uh, solve, uh, so make doctors uh, put it into standard of care to provide uh, adults with a uh, one-time screening test. Um, when If you do get symptoms, then that is usually caused by active hepatitis with liver inflammation, and that could uh, result in jaundice, you know, like yellow discoloration of your eyes and skin, uh, loss of appetite, uh, and in severe cases, you can get uh, abdominal uh, pain or fatigue. Um, and if you develop liver cancer, even people who develop liver cancer, most of them don't have symptoms early on. Uh, and, and that's why we always call hepatitis, viral hepatitis and liver cancer 
a silent a silent killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, so so it's, it's very important to get the one time test. You know the the current national sort of uh, recommendation is anyone any adult uh, should get a one time test for hepatitis C. Uh, and for hepatitis B, uh, it's currently still a little uh, clumsy in the recommendation. Is anyone pretty much born, uh, not US born, or have non US born parents, uh, and if they did not get vaccinated when they were infants? Uh, but these, these tests are now all covered by anyone who have Medicare, Medi-Cal, or any health insurance with no out-of-pocket charge. So this law basically, you know, is trying to incentivize the clinics to put routine screening into the electronic medical records. So it's a no-brainer for primary care doctors, mm-hmm. right? So when you see that your primary care doctor on the computer screen, they would have this, you know, prompt that, oh, this person don't have a record of a hepatitis B or C test. So mm. you should offer the screening. Well, let me go to caller Barty and Panol. Hi, Barty. Hi. Um, I'm just curious what your guests feel about um, potentially other states adopting this. I mean, California is always trailblazing so many things. And yeah, I mean, obviously this needs to extend beyond California. And I just wonder what they what they already know or, or perhaps even just feel that how that might, you know, create a domino effect as it should. Dr. So, do you know if there are efforts to get this passed in other states? Are you uh, involved? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, we learned about this strategy from New York State because New York State in 2014, they signed, the governor signed into, into law a hepatitis C uh, screening test law. So but none of the states have, you know, have, have a law which uh, require uh, doctors to offer a hepatitis B and C screening test. So it, it would make California the first state to do so. And we hope it will sort of incentivize other states to do that because the national sort of uh, uh, strategy is by 2030, of people living with hepatitis B and C should know about their infection status. And 80% who needs to be on treatment should be on treatment. So this is the national and global target for 2030. And give us a quick resource for people who want to know more about hepatitis B and C, how it's contracted and so on. Dr. So, we just have 10 seconds. Okay, so you can always go to our website, liver.stanford.edu, or go to the CDC website, which has a lot of information about hepatitis B and C. Dr. Samuel So, Professor of Surgery and Executive Director of the Asian Liver Center at Stanford, Eileen Casanave, President of the California Association of Black Lawyers, and Camille Chu, a seventh grader from Palo Alto, California. Thanks for joining us, and thanks to listeners for listening. This is Forum. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. 
Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Soul to Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Soul to Story are available now.